The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Welcome to another program with Truths to Live By, a ministry of Harriman Baptist Tabernacle in Harriman, Tennessee. You're listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. I pray we would be a blessing to you today. With our Bibles open today to 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, we want to begin a new section as we continue looking at Paul's response to that letter as wrote to him by the Corinthians, where he answers question after question that they posed unto him. You find 1 Corinthians 10, we'll begin reading with verse 1 after a word of prayer. Father, I come now in Jesus' name. I thank you for this day, for your goodness to my life, for the new mercies this morning. And Lord, as we bow our head, we come with reverence for your holy name. And in the name of Jesus, we pray, asking for your touch and your truth to be manifested to your people as we preach your word. Get the glory, I pray in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen and amen. Verse number one. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. So let me stop there for now, and consider with me a brief outline of the next five or six chapters. So in chapter 10, verse 1, Extending all of the way through the end of chapter 15, we are looking at the Christian and congregational relationships. We've looked at the Christian 
and personal relationships, chapters 7 and 8, the Christian and ministerial relationships, chapter 9. Now we look at the Christian and the congregation of God's people and our relationships therein. In chapter 10, we see the life of the Christian is to be for the glory of God. Then we come to chapter 11 through chapter 15, and the life of the church is to be under the government of God. Now back to chapter number 10. The first five verses that we read in your hearing offer us examples from the Old Testament scriptures which show us our responsibility to please the Lord. If our lives are going to be lived as Christians for the glory of our God, then we ought to be pleasing the Lord. These examples, in the first four verses, the examples were from all of God's people. All of them, the nation of Israel, in verse 1, experienced the presence of God through the cloud through the pillar of fire by night, the pillar of cloud by day. They passed through the sea. They experienced the presence of God. In verses 2 through 4, all of them witnessed the performance of God. Think back to what God did for His people in the days of Moses when God delivered them from Egypt and took them on a journey through the wilderness to the promised land, and it had it not been for their stubborn and rebellious necks, then they would have not spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness. But they all experienced the presence of God. They all witnessed the performance of God, and then all of them tasted of the power of God. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Christ was there, leading, feeding, guiding the people of God. The first four verses deal with all of God's people. But in verse 5, he says, But with many of them, many of God's people then, in verse 5, were displeasing to God. With many of them, God was not well pleased. I wrote right here in my Bible, Is God pleased with me? Why don't you take just a moment, ask yourself the question, Does my life please the Lord? Is my Lord pleased with my life? Many of them were also disinherited by God, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Not all of them went into the promised land under the ministry and administration of Joshua, for many of them were overthrown in the wilderness. So the examples from the Old Testament scriptures teach us to please the Lord. But then in verses 6 through 15, There is exhortation for the New Testament saints, which also teach and tell us to please the Lord. First of all, the admonition, verses 6 through 11. 
Now these things were our examples, to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Here is a word about our lusts. The instances in verses 1 through 5 are for our warning, and they are for our living. They were given to the intent that we should not lust after evil things. What do you desire in this life? What is it that drives you to wake up in the morning, go through your day, and begin anew the next morning? Where is your heart? Where is your affection set today? What holds your attention? A word about our lust leads into verses 7 through 10, where we see some words about our lives. Now, the key word in these verses is the word neither. If we refuse to take heed to God's neithers, our lives will start down this same dangerous path that the Israelites took, and we will be moved further and further away from God and His favor. Verse 7, abstain from idolatry. Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Now these words are concerning the times when God's people rose up to play. They rose up under Moses to play with sin and to play in sin, and the nation of Israel in these moments degenerated into the ways of Egypt. Woe be to the Christian and the church whose lives degenerate into the ways of the world. To do so, to be so, is to be living on dangerous ground indeed. The admonition for our lives, abstain from idolatry. You compare verse 7 with Exodus 32. Verse 8, abstain from immorality. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed, and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Now let me pause a moment, back up and go to verse 7, idolatry. We do not expect any of you to have a little wooden idol or perhaps a gold or silver idol or a little figure made of wood, stone, precious metals that you bow down to and call your God. But in these days, we have that false God of materialism, that false God of intellectualism, or perhaps maybe that false God of recreation. Just no time for God, for you bow down to the outdoor world of sports and that indoor world of sports as given to us by the television through Major League Baseball and NFL football, collegiate football, all of these things can be put before the Lord and become idols. The immorality spoken of in verse 8, fornication, that is when two people act married before they are married where they have those intimate relations outside of marriage. 
My, our world and society is rampant with sensualism and with all sorts of sexual immorality. We compare this verse 8 with Numbers 25, 1 through 9, and see how God sees immorality. He judges it, and that severely. Verse 9, the admonition is to abstain from insurrection. God forbid that His people have a heart that rises up and against His righteous authority and His holy commandments in our lives. God expects His people in this day and age of grace to live godly in Christ Jesus. Let us see our Lord and please Him every day of our lives. We thank you for making this ministry a part of your day. And in closing, we want to point you to the words of our Lord in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And truly it is written. God's word, every word, presents us with truths to live by. You've been listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. Please send all correspondence to Truths to Live By, P.O. Box 575, Harriman, Tennessee, 37748. Or you can email us at bmarkcooley at gmail.com. And finally, brethren, pray for us.